Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Five Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. You can follow me at the Hoff, WFAN. Uh, you could listen to me with Tiki and Tierney, Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., on WFAN, and also, if you guys are into the Mets, Rico Bronia with Evan Roberts, as I help him co-host through all the Mets sagas of the world, Jeff McNeil signing, all that other stuff. Uh, so, I did a podcast hours ago, and now I'm going to scrap it, because as, done, as soon as I was done with the podcast, I'm walking to my car, and I see that breaking news, or Dana White's going to have breaking news, and I'm like, crap, this depending on what it is, may just totally screw up everything I just talked about. So I had talked about and previewed a lot of fights that were coming up, a lot of speculation and stuff like that, which I will re, you know, replay some of it. But I'm in my car. I'm like, okay, I have to listen to this announcement. So I'm waiting, 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 waiting. About a, you know, It's supposed to come at 5 o'clock. It doesn't hit to about 5.25, maybe even 5.30. But breaking news, Dana pops in and goes through the cards that we already know which is UFC 284 Volkanovski versus uh, Makachev. We go through UFC 285, which is the um, John Jones, Cyril Gaon. He goes through that list of, of fights as well, which is, which, listen, it's a UFC 285. It's pretty freaking stacked. I'll go through that in a second. Then he goes through 286, which is not everything has been confirmed, but it's Usman. Versus Leon Edwards, that's official, that's the headline. And then he goes to 287, which has not been confirmed where yet. The location is still not confirmed, but it's April 8th. And there was rumors earlier this week about an Aljamain Sterling-Henry Cejudo fight. And it's funny because on the previously recorded podcast uh, that I'm deleting now, I was saying it's kind of like luster. It's kind of not sexy, and Brooklyn has been known to have crappy cards. Now, it's not guaranteed it's going to be Brooklyn, but that's the point is that if it is Brooklyn, they need to sexy it up. It's got to be good. There's rumors of MSG now as well, MSG, Barclays. I think it's going to be a New York or Tri-State area card. Who knows? Could be Prudential. I highly doubt Prudential, but one of the, it's some, somewhere in the Tri-State area is what I get the feel of. So... Regardless, Dana's going through all the list, and he throws out 
the UFC 287 card, which is going to be headlined by the rematch in the middleweight division, Pereira versus Adesanya for the middleweight title, which is freaking awesome. Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya. We'll run it back in April, April 8th to be official. Not sure where it's going to be held up, but they just have that November card. The November fight was ridiculous. It was a great fight. The, the knockout in the fifth and final round where it looked like Izzy was winning the whole thing. And that just, uh, you know, the, the strikes by Pereira, Adesanya couldn't avoid, ended his night, and the title changed to, to Alex Pereira. So amazing fight, quick turnaround. That's freaking awesome. I love that. And then he goes through some other fights that are going to be on the card. Not all of it, but some. Co-main, which I don't believe just yet because there could be that chance of the Aljo, Henry Cejudo could be a real thing and that could end up taking over the co-main, which is currently right now Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. The reason why I scrapped the last podcast is because I was given the speculation of the ultimate fighter. Masvidal had news. Could it have been, have been, he's going to be in the ultimate fighter head coach? Well, Survey says, uh, uh, Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. Interesting fight considering Jorge Masvidal, the reason why we love Jorge Masvidal is because he loves the bang. Gilbert Burns just defeated Neil Magny with a very easily uh, easy takedown submission win. That's not Jorge Masvidal's game. That, to me, even though the names look good, I don't like this, the, the fight stylistically because we've seen the Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. We've seen the Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. I want to see Jorge, Jorge Masvidal strike, stand the strike, exchange punches. I don't know if Gilbert Burns is going to be the guy to do that. So, yeah, that that is an interesting type of stylistic fight. Again, not sure how much I love that, but Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. Then announced... Kevin Holland versus Santiago Pazanibio. Good fight. Kevin Holland's always bringing on a show. He's a very, you know, talkative fighter, very vocal fighter. We'll definitely hype that that fight up. Santiago Pazanibio, very interesting because he's had his ups and downs recently. Came off of a long hiatus. Um, stylistically, should be a fun fight. You think that they're going to stand uh, and, and exchange punches. And even if it goes to the ground, Holland has proven that he could fight off his back, land some strikes. Again, he knocked out um, Jacare Souza with a vicious knockout from, from the ground. So good fight. Holland brings it, will definitely be aggressive, and we'll have a, a very interesting fight one way or the other. So definitely a, a banger of a fight. Uh, Ra- Raul Rosas Jr. versus Christian Rodriguez. Rosas Jr., 18-year-old kid who just won um, – his first fight in the UFC versus blanking on the name, uh, but comes from the contender series. Otis Christian Rodriguez, Rosas Jr. Again, 18 years old, or maybe going to be 19 soon. Regardless, it's the second fight in the UFC. He's going to be fantastic. You also got Rob Font, Adrian Yanez. I don't believe. See, when you get to that point, I don't. Be, I like Rob Font. I like Adrian Yanez. I feel like one of those three fights that I'm just talking about right there is going to go to like the main headliner of the prelims that that, one of those three fights all three fights are good no one's taking anything away but i could see one of those getting etched down to the main prelim 
and we get the Cejudo Aljamain Sterling fight. That that's always a possibility. Also on here too, which is interesting because some of these names, um, he did announce, but I think uh, were just in there anyway. I think they were on earlier. Uh, as a as a premature or just what things were getting scheduled, Gerald Merchart versus Joe Fire, Pfeiffer, Kelvin Gaslam versus Chris Curtis, which is an excellent fight. Uh, Kelvin Gaslam was supposed to fight on uh, the Sean Strickland last card that he fought on. Uh, he couldn't got sick or couldn't make weight or whatever. The, oh, he had the staff infection, I think, in the face. So he had a back out of this fight. Now he's fighting Chris Curtis in April. We've seen the ups and downs of Kelvin Gaslam, how good he can be. Chris Curtis has been this veteran. He's been around for so long, and now he's really starting to do damage, and he's started to be the dog in every fight that's, that's overcoming and straight up upsetting some fighters. And he's a name that continue can climb. The story is amazing, especially if he keeps on taking out really good fighters, which he has been. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo, Lupe Gandinez, I think was already confirmed or at least confirmed to be on the card. Uh, Michelle Waterston has been linked to this card as well as a few other people. So overall, you know, this this card is looking pretty good. Definitely top-heavy with Izzy and Pereira. Mazel Burns again questionable as far as the stylistic matchup goes, like the names. In between there, you have some really good matchups, some really good fights, and it should be a good card. Now, much needed because, like I said, if it's going to be at Barclays, they've had some stinkers. They've had some issues. They've had some really bad fights. I'm looking forward to seeing if they could uh, – if it's going to be at Barclays, this will be, I think, the best card, no hands down, at Barclays. And if it's at MSG, we already know that. I mean, Mazda, we know, could sell out MSG alone. We saw that uh, the, the first one between – Izzy and Pereira at MSG was phenomenal. And it would be crazy to see in five months the quick turnaround between the loss at MSG to now the rematch being at MSG. That is a crazy headline of story if they could turn that around that quick. Um, actually, it would be six months. But regardless, timing doesn't make a difference. It does a little bit, but the fact that the same location of where Izzy got his suffers first loss uh, in his title fence that that would be nuts if they could pull that off, and I think James Dolan will do it. Um, as far as some other rumors we talked about, Conor McGregor has been out there saying that he's been offered the Ultimate Fighter coaching position for the next Ultimate Fighter, and I was first of all, a he almost survived a. Survived a bicycle accident. I don't know how really bad it was, but he said he had video, almost got hit by a car. The bike was on the ground. The guy ended up driving him home. Uh, he looked like he was okay, but he made it sound like that he almost died. Regardless, he's not, and that's a good thing. Now, as far as the ultimate fighter goes, I don't know if he's really going to do it because Conor McGregor, whether or not you like him and whether or not you th- you think of him as a great fighter anymore, he's still a very high level in this game as far as notoriety. Star power is still there. Yes, he's lost those two last fights to Dustin Poirier, but it didn't really 
hurt him as much as you think, especially since he broke his foot the last time. The knockout for for Dustin Poirier was was yes, that 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 definitely put him a little bit lower, but the broken foot not so much. Just disappointing. Now, as far as star power, he always oh, he still has it. That thing is it, it. It hasn't lowered him at all. Does he want to go back to the Ultimate Fighter? That's something that they'd have to pay him a pretty penny. Now they may. That's a possibility. They might go above and beyond, which would be disappointing because they don't pay a lot of other people that type of money. They'll give Frank Mir's daughter, which is great, by the way. Uh, I think her name is Bella, if I'm correct. They gave Bella Mir uh, an NIL name, image, likeness deal to go to college, to, to wrestle, or however, what, whatever she's doing. I'm not, not sure. It's not just wrestling, but I know she's competing. They gave her an NIL deal, which is awesome to see. Just funny that UFC picks and chooses how they spend a ton of money. I don't know if they gave her a ton of money, but the fact is they're going to give her money and listen they have the contender series that they try to highlight their fighters they have the ultimate fighter where they try to create and highlight some fighters their journey on their way to the ufc they got the slap league now that they're paying people there looks like eric spicely was offered four thousand dollars in total two to to fight or slap i don't even qualify two to slap and two to win that's crazy um but yet they will go and offer an NIL deal, which is – I'm just – to me, I don't understand. They guys could control how much they're putting out to, to people. And some of their their top dogs, some of the top fighters aren't making as much as maybe they can. It's still questionable how much they really make at times because a guy like Jorge Maswell, Conor McGregor, you think are making a ton of money. For instance, Ghana, they wouldn't really go above and beyond. That's why he walked away. Yet they're going to pay him a lot of Conor McGregor a lot of money to do the Ultimate Fighter because I can't imagine he'd do it for a very cheap price. I cannot imagine that. Uh, also, what type of weight class would he do? Would he even fight afterwards? I mean, we've seen some some of these Ultimate Fighters where the last one he did, he didn't fight Uriah, Uriah Faber. That that didn't happen. So it's a lot of things that whether or not he accepts it, what would it take for him to accept it? Would he would he ever fight again? Popularity. I don't think Conor McGregor is bigger than the UFC, but as far as it comes to the promotion itself, outside world though, outside perception, Conor McGregor is a huge name. He really is. He's put himself on the map. He he has made a big name for himself, not bigger than the sport because the sport's going to be around after he's gone, in my opinion. Uh, that's you know that the, the let me put it this way: the sport is going to continue whether or not he fights, and that's why I say it's not bigger. Uh, he's not bigger than the sport. Listen, if he becomes a famous actor and scores, gets an Oscar and all those, yeah, things things will change. But right now, as far as fight world, fight game, UFC game, he's never gonna he's never gonna be bigger than that. The UFC is gonna continue to go on, and that's whether whatever sport it is, the sport always goes on. Players leave, players change, fighters leave, fighters change. That's what that that's that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, now his opponent, his, his, his enemy, his, whatever it's going to be, the alternate coach, the other coach that he'd be potentially up against sounds like it's going to be Tony Ferguson because Tony Ferguson put out a tweet and who knows what Tony Tony Ferguson, that could be just a joke, but Tony Ferguson put out that he was also offered, uh, ultimate fighting coaching position. And, you know, you talk about two 
interesting characters. That fight would have been awesome years ago. I don't know how much I feel about that now. Again, weight class where they both go to 170, where they go back down to 155. If there was a fight at the tail end of this, do you want to see El Kukui as well? That's the other thing. Tony Ferguson's last few fights, I, not like Conor McGregor, because Conor, even though he lost, Tony looks like he's gotten his ass handed to him. He doesn't look good. He he looks like he's worn. He looks like he's he's lost a step or two. Even though Conor looked like he lost a step first, Dustin Poirier as well. Tony Ferguson has looked a lot worse. Doesn't look like himself, and it's almost like he needs to bring himself down and 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 fight different fights. He can't fight these elite fights anymore. And I'm not saying Conor McGregor is an elite fighter. I, I don't know where he's at either. But I don't know if 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 Tony could pull that off. I'm not sure if that's that's worth it. Uh, now, as far as personality wise, he he is a personality. Is he as much of a personality where you're going to be locked in on the Ultimate Fighter? Possibly. The Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal would have been actually really cool, but with them fighting in April, that doesn't seem like it's going to be happening. That this seems like it's going to be pushed back, some sort of July, later August, maybe September fight type of thing. I know sometimes they even push them back into December, but I mean, it depends on how many seasons they have. I don't, I don't know how long they, it would take for them to film this and put this out. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm not really sure how I feel about the uh, Tony Ferguson potentially versus Conor McGregor. And I don't know if I really want that fight either for Tony. Not trying to protect Co- Tony because he's a big boy, but I, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. Like, you know, we've seen some fighters um, retire the Glover to chairs of the world. The, 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 the Figueredo moved up in weight class uh, to get out of that flyweight division because it's killing his body. We've seen Frankie Edgars. We've seen a lot of other fighters that are just kind of on their way out and Shogun Hua, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that Tony's that close to retiring, but it seems like he's on the verge of it. He seems like he doesn't have many fights left, and the way that he, the punishment he's been taking, and I think that Connor, no matter how long he's been out of the fight game, no matter how much recovery he has, I still think he's a fighter that that could potentially give Tony a couple issues. Where it's not worth it for him. If there's a vicious knockout, if Connor, because Connor, Connor stalls power, and if he goes to 170, he's definitely going to pack on some weight. I don't need to see, get, see Tony get knocked out again. We, we've seen that already. So that's my concern about that. And, and the other thing, too, is the last podcast I did, uh, I, I missed the Glover Teixeira retiring thing, and I'm happy he did. Um, I missed that part of it because I think I was that, it was finishing the Giants game. And I just wanted to get to a podcast quick in between before I even went on air at four. And it was one of those things where we we I missed it. And unfortunately, a lot of people live missed it too because the, the stadium was empty. And and not for nothing, but if Brazil's going to leave before the main event, then maybe they shouldn't go back to Brazil. No, no offense to them, but like the main event is you got Glover Tavchera versus, versus uh, Jamal Hill. That, that's a huge fight. For a championship, and it just emptied out so quick. It was a little, little annoying, especially because Jamal Hill put on a great performance, and there was no love for him. And then Glover retires, and there's nothing for him. I mean, stick around a little bit longer, unless maybe it was like four in the morning. I don't know what time it was there in Brazil. Um, the other thing was uh, Davis and Figueiredo went up in weight class, which is good. That's something because I was over the not over him fighting, but I'm over that. Moreno Figueiredo. 
combination. Like we've seen it already about four times. Let's move on. There's Pantoja, which I saw Moreno went up to him afterwards too. It's about time. I, had, I called that out. That was the first thing I thought of. And they've had that fight already. Pantoja's had the upper end of it, upper hand of it, but it'd be a good, good fight to have for the, for that title because Moreno's got a big test in front of him with Pantoja. Uh, so that'd be, that'd be really good. Now, as far as the uh, UFC coming up, there's none this weekend which is how I started the other program. However, I am deleting that because of all the breaking news that happened. I will be on air during this fight card. It's the Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak fight. Uh, it's a 1 a.m. fight because it's a lot of uh, South Korean fighters. It was supposed to be in, I think it was supposed to be in South Korea, and it's in Vegas, so they just kept it a, um, a late-night fight. So I'll be on the air actually on Sunday morning, February 4th, this is February 5th actually, from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. So the main event starts at 1 a.m. So that's awesome. So I'll be able to do a live with you. So that's great. Now, uh, the other news that came out uh, was the Jake Paul Tommy Fury fight, which is great. They're going to be in Saudi Arabia. There's no need for a lot of things they can get get away from, the, the, the passports and whatnot. The one thing I say is I will not believe it till I see it. I need to see Tommy Fury in the ring with Jake Paul before I can get too excited. They got a month to prep. They have I mean listen, and Jake Paul makes everything spectacular. Whether or not I like him as a fighter, um, or do you believe him as a fighter, because again, like boxing wise, he's put these matches together perfectly. And and Tommy Fury is a great matchup for him. You know, no no one believes that Tommy Fury is a real boxer. Uh, he says he he is. He's got the Tyson Fury blood in him. We'll see how it goes. And when Jake Paul demolishes him, it just escalates Jake Paul that much more, especially with the PFL deal that he signed. It's going to be – it'll put Jake Paul in a better light because you look at Tommy Fury only really from the box. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Boxing perspective. Obviously, he's a name. He's a... another YouTube celeb or whatever, social media celeb, but you see him more from a boxing world, whereas Nate Robinson had the basketball background. The Ben Askren had the MMA background, and it was more like the wrestling background. It wasn't a, it wasn't a boxing or, or a, even though he was an MMA fighter, he wasn't a striker at all. You know, Even though Tyron Woodley was the second fight specifically, last-minute fight, smaller guy, all this stuff. So Tommy Fury, it's good for, for, for Jake Paul to really prove something with that fight. I'm not sure if it's a true challenge, but it's a, definitely a challenge for sure. Um, the rest of the fight news that we talked about was just kind of speculation. Not speculation, but there was the Benil Dariush fight that's that's been rumored uh, to be versus Alex Oliveira. He said and concerned that they're making that fight uh, in May, I believe. May 6th, I think it's out there. And his worry is that they're going to pass over them, which is a possibility. You got to think the Volkanovsky Makachev fights coming up. Uh, what three weeks? 
So Dariush Oliveira fight early May, unless they want to push that fight back to August, maybe July if Dariush or Oliveira's quick evening for one of them. July seems like a quick turnaround for for either fighter if there's a really good fight that that, that takes some time that goes four five five rounds whatever it goes the whole twenty five minutes if that's the main event I don't know if that's going to be if they can turn it around quick enough to fight whether it's Volkanovski or Makachev so you have that situation you have that issue at hand and I think they want to try to have the the lightweight title as active as possible and Volkanovsky is the winner they definitely want to make it uh, whether it's a quick turnaround of some sort they're going to want to be active because he's got two belts right now you know I think they want to have the lightweight belt defended at least three times so starting in in February maybe July maybe the end of the year and the featherweight you're going to have to figure out what's going on there if Volkanovsky wins maybe that's what's up for in the uh, in July so Dariush might be right. They may may not want to try to because he's not the sexy name. You know, if he beats Alex Oliveira, it's good. But Alex Oliveira might be on the decline. Maybe they have something else sexy in the lightweight division. There's a lot of things going on. So I do feel bad for Dariush because he's a good fighter. He probably deserves a title fight soon, and I'm not sure if he's going to get it. So that it's interesting to see what happens there uh, as far as Benil Dariush, Alex Oliveira, the Shevchenko. And Alexa Grasso fight was confirmed earlier as well. That is, uh, that's going to be the co-main event at, I want to say, is it 284 or 286? No, I can't remember which one it was. Hold on one second. Let's see. Shevchenko. Where did they announce that? Let's see. Breaking news. The Gilbert Burns. You got you got Marab Davashvili versus Peter Jan, by the way, March 11th, which I talked about, which is good. Bella Mir is, by the way, the question. I, I nailed her name. There you go, Bella Mir. Uh, where is the Shevchenko fight? Shevchenko. Let's go. Is it two? It, listen, it's not that big of a deal. Is it 284? Or it's two eighty six. I think it's for some reason it's the one in uh, in London, but two eighty five. Oh, <sighs> way off. March fourth. That's the Sirogan fight. That that I mean that that's talk about a stacked card. That is pretty stacked. Two eighty five. So you get you get both Sirogan, John Jones, and you get Shevchenko, Alexa Grasso. So that's officially confirmed, stamp sealed, delivered. Um. And we'll see what else happens because, yeah, that is a that's that is a good fight. Well, not a good fight. I still want to see Shevchenko go up in the bantamweight division. They had the they announced the Raquel Pennington fight. That was one that they announced too. Pennington versus um, blanket her name name now. Pennington Adanya. I'm I'm saying it wrong, but the Shevchenko. Grasso fight is good, but I think the Nunes fight will be better versus Shevchenko. But she's got to win this fight first, and you know it's not saying it's a, a crazy test. We've seen that before. I read Adanya. There you go, San Antonio fight. So again, 
there's a lot going on with the females and the women's divisions. And again, it's it's the the, the, the flyweight. It's just not much of a test right now for Shevchenko. She's going up against uh, Alexa Grasso, who's had the what four wins in a row, and they, they always touted her to be somebody in that division that was um, going to be a good test for Shevchenko. She just never really performed that well. She kind of stu- uh, stumbled a little bit here and there. She's gotten better. She got four wins in a row, I believe. She's going up against Shevchenko. I think Shevchenko still is the best in the business right now for the flyweight division. No one can really touch her. Tatiana Suarez is the only one that I really like, but she unfortunately is just coming back from major injury, so she's got one fight coming up. She's not going to be thrown to the wolves just yet, at least for the uh, flyweight division. She's not going to be thrown for championship anytime soon. That uh, That's just what's going to happen. Shevchenko... Uh, Suarez is, is is a tad bit back in far as as far as a title fight. Maybe if she gets one or two quick wins and she can stay healthy, maybe they throw her somewhere, but not right now. So that's why I say Shevchenko Nunes is the one that I really want to see. That's me. That's what I want to do. I just don't know if they're going to do it. And again, Pennington versus Irene Aldana. It's one of those things where. Are they trying to uh, to push that matchup, that fight to go up against uh, Nunes sooner than later? Again, I'm not really sure what's going on with Nunes. Uh, did they? I think they announced something with her. I thought I thought I saw something. I think I also saw that Juliana Pena wants a title fight next and doesn't want to sit there and have some sort of like. Uh, title contender fight, which is basically what Pennington and Aldana is. Let's see. Hold on one second. Did I miss? Uh, wait a second. Amanda Nunes' next title defense hits roadblock. Right, because Nunes was supposed to fight Aldana, and which to me was not a, a great fight anyway. That's why. It's all coming together. I knew something. I missed something. Regardless, um... They're just not as sexy fights. And Raquel Pennington has had her moment before, and she hasn't been able to perform as well. And her fights never are these, like, whether or not she wins, they just don't come across as, like, these exciting fights. Like, that's the Sean Strickland stuff, too. Like, Strickland, I was talking about how he's got a lot of output. There's a lot of strikes involved, but it just doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like it's a complete fight. It just seems like there's no knockouts. Well, no, 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 there's no knockouts, but he does a lot, and there's not as much payoff. At least the past few fights I've seen from him, besides him getting knocked out by Pereira, the last two fights we've seen in the cage with him, a lot of output, just not a lot of domination, which is why the split decision. He lost to Cannoneer, and uh, he let, he won the last one on short notice. So we'll see. Nunez, Shevchenko, three. That's my bet for happening at some point in time because I feel like that, that needs to happen. That's the best fight in the women's division by far. Uh, for 2023, and they have to make that happen. All right, enough of the nonsense. A lot of news today. I'll come back on Monday with more. Thank you for listening to The Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.